Welcome to Passive Real Estate Investing, the show where busy people like you learn how to build substantial passive income while creating wealth for the long term. And now, here's your host, Marco Santarelli. Welcome to another episode of Passive Real Estate Investing. I'm your host, Marco Santarelli. And on today's episode, we are doing a market spotlight on the Quad Cities. The Quad Cities is a new market that we are introducing. I'm pretty excited about it, actually, because it's been tough getting inventory in many of the markets that we're in. And so we've had to bring on, actually research and find new markets to bring on in order to provide the rates of returns that we'd like to get as real estate investors. And so I just finished doing an interview with our provider out there. And so you're going to hear that here in a minute. It's a great interview that I had with Chris. And you know the thing with Quad Cities is a lot of people don't know much about it or where it's located, but it's an interesting market because it crosses over two states made up of four cities and it has an interesting foundation and it has a lot of leading edge innovation that comes out of that market. It's highly productive. The people there are technically minded. It has an affordable workforce. So it's great for businesses that want to expand or grow there. You know, it's an ideal place for manufacturing. You know, John Deere is one example of companies that are based out of the Quad Cities market. It is a logistical hub. There's a lot of food processing and packaging that goes on there. It is one of the top five defense communities in the country. There's a lot of professional technical services. It actually is a growth region for high-tech jobs, which was something that I found to be kind of interesting, not necessarily surprising. But, you know, they have 37 million people in a 300-mile radius. So, it is definitely a large market. I refer to it as a tertiary market because that's what it is. But given the access to people, places and population and jobs in that area, it's definitely not a small market. So that's what we're going to be talking about today. So, you know, pay attention. I think you might be interested and excited about this new market. And we're going to be getting some inventory here, hopefully by the time you hear this episode, but we are just in the process of onboarding them right now. Anyway, let's get to that interview with Chris here in a couple of seconds. So just hang on tight. Are you having a hard time finding great investment properties? Unfortunately, the best deals are rarely found locally. Successful investing begins with the right properties in the right markets. Norada Real Estate provides everything you need to invest in the best deals across the U.S. Our simple, proven system will help you create real wealth and passive monthly cash flow. Get your free copy of the ultimate guide to passive real estate investing at noradarealestate.com slash guide. That's N-O-R-A-D-A realestate.com slash guide. All right. I'd like to welcome Chris to the show here. Chris is one of our newest providers in one of an interesting market that we have. It's what we refer to as the Quad Cities, and I'm not going to steal any of his thunder. I'm going to let Chris talk about the Quad Cities. But Chris, welcome to the show. Marco, thanks a lot for having me on. I'm excited to be here. Well, I'm great. It's great to have you on. I've been looking forward to opening up this market. We've been talking for a while. We've been kind of going through the, you know, the due diligence and the logistics of how this is going to work to ramp up, you know, more inventory coming from you guys in that market for our clients. And so let's just begin here by talking a little bit about you. Why don't you just for our audience, tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got started in real estate investing. Definitely. So I got started actually pretty early and you know, I was fortunate enough. I picked up a book called Rich Dad Poor Dad. I know a lot of investors get you know hooked on this book initially and just get started into real estate investing. But what really stuck out for me was just the passive income and really building up a portfolio that can take care of me and my family for kind of the rest of my life. So I got fortunate enough to learn it early in college. And you know, it's been a journey ever since. And I was just, you know, I'm building a portfolio and you know, really creating the passive income that's, you know, eventually 
you know, going to build up, obviously compound and, you know, take care of me and my family. So just really excited to find out about it as early as I did and really get moving on it in terms of, you know, think about it like this, I was going to school for accounting and finance and, I, and that, that's kind of my background. And then luckily when I was kind of a junior in college, I switched over to the real estate investment mindset. And, you know, instead of working for a corporation, I was just kind of a complete 180 to my peers and just got started pretty early into real estate investing. So Nice. And I know from just talking to you and, and reading about you and what you're doing there, you're a pretty avid real estate investor, essentially full-time real estate investor and building up a pretty sizable portfolio for yourself, which is fantastic. Absolutely. And you know, my partner and I are one of the bigger operators in the market. So we definitely have an edge there. And now, you know, bringing in our property management arm, you know, we're able to kind of capitalize on a lot of opportunities where, you know, other smaller investors couldn't, and we're able to provide those opportunities to other people, other people as well. Great. You know, you mentioned Rich Dad, Poor Dad, which is just such a foundational book. And it's amazing how many people mention that book online and offline. I've had so many guests on the show that say that that was the turning point. You know, they read that book, couldn't put it down and it quote unquote changed their life. And so I highly recommend people pick up that book and read it again if they have read it before. And if you've never read it, to me, it's mandatory reading. But the whole Rich Dad series is fantastic. So don't just stop with Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Read the other Rich Dad Advisor books because they just all build on top of each other. You know, the cash flow quadrant, you know, the ABCs of real estate investing. They're all just great, great books to learn from. So let's kind of slide into, you know, what are the Quad Cities? So a lot of people are listening to this and they have an idea of where it is, or maybe some people have heard of the Quad Cities and aren't really sure where it is. So where are the Quad Cities? So the Quad Cities are, you know, in the heart of the Midwest. So if you think of Chicago, it's about three hours west, directly west of Chicago. And it, you know, encompasses an area of about 400,000 people in the metro area there. So the Quad Cities technically are Davenport, Iowa, Rock Island, Illinois, Moline, Illinois, and East Moline, Illinois. And then there's also Bettendorf, Iowa, and the surrounding suburbs there. And the the metro area is around 400,000. So the aggregate total is 400,000, or is that just, you know, the city's proper? The aggregate, yeah, the MSA. Okay. So that's what we would call, you know, that kind of borders on what I would call it a second tier and third tier market. You know, you don't quite have the population to be a larger, you know, second tier market. And there's nothing wrong with that. That's neither here nor there. It's just what we're seeing today. And by the way, you know, we're finding that we're having to spread out our exposure and the number of markets that we're in to bring in more inventory because inventory across the country has been pretty tight, as I'm sure you know. But because of that, we're having to look at more of these tertiary markets to get the numbers and the inventory that's needed for real estate investors as a whole to invest because you're not going to do it in a first tier market like Los Angeles or New York, just too expensive. These second tier markets have been, you know, compressed in terms of the rates of return. We're still getting inventory, but it's become very, very tight. Atlanta being a great market, we just can't get inventory there right now. So bringing on the Quad Cities is very exciting for us because it is a very healthy market, strong economy, lots of job growth. And I'll let you get into this here in a minute. But the key thing is, is that we can get the rates of return we look for as investors and have the inventory available to provide to our clients and invest ourselves there. So on that note, let's talk about the market here. 
let me throw a very general question out at you. You know, as a real estate investor, I always think, why should I invest in any particular market? So I'm going to ask you, why should we invest in the Quad City metro area? So the Quad Cities for me, uh, you know, why I started there, you know, it's just a very solid fundamentals. There's very consistent, strong returns on these properties, you know, single family up to four unit properties that we focus on. And just the, you know, the tenant base, I would say, it, it, you know, it's pretty stable. There's nothing, you know, it's not a more volatile market like you're looking at the major markets, you know, it's very stable. There's not too much appreciation, but then, you know, in a recession, there's not, you know, going to be a huge dip. So it's a great safe investment there. And that's kind of why we chose the market as well as, you know, we can consistently find product and keep capitalizing on opportunities. Whereas like you mentioned in the major markets, you know, inventory is tight. So that's kind of why we've been focusing on the quad cities and building our, you know, entire business there because we believe in it so much. So we're not even looking to kind of diversify into other markets right now. We're sticking with the Quad Cities because we're that committed to it. Can you kind of paint a picture of what the economy is like there? I'm not overly familiar with it. I'm still doing some research on it, but it sounds like it's a pretty vibrant and healthy economy. Yeah, it's definitely vibrant. It's definitely growing. The downtown areas are being revitalized. You know, Davenport being the biggest of the Quad Cities with over 100,000 people definitely has had a ton of development in the past decade. You know, the Iowa side in general has been being developed as well. And it's right on the Mississippi there. So, you know, it's blue collar, working class town. So we, most, the majority of our tenants are going to be either young professionals or, you know, factory workers, some of the bigger employers there. John Deere is headquartered in Moline, Illinois. You know, Genesis Health, there's a lot of hospitality employers there. And then Rock Island Arsenal is the biggest government-owned arsenal in the country, weapons manufacturing arsenal. And they, uh, you know, they're, they're also a huge employer there as well. So, you know, you've got the, you the strong employers uh, that, you know, but it's a, like I said, a very blue collar. And, you know, people are, I have a very low vacancy rate across the board, you know, very stable in terms of the rents and so forth. So that's kind of the attractive attractiveness of the Quad Cities. It's just to have that's those stable employers and, you know, very working class individual is, is our target tenant. Some other notables that I came across when I was doing some research is that there's 37 million people that live within a 300 mile radius of the Quad Cities, which is, you know, a very, very large number of people, you know, you look at that economically in terms of what that drives for people spending and consuming in that area. What else did I, I read? The top quartile of regional economies, I guess you guys were number 287 at one time and then swung to the 82nd place in, in a 10-year time frame. So that just tells me that there is growth and there are people obviously moving there because there's jobs. This is an interesting one. You have 40 colleges and universities within a 90-mile radius. That's pretty amazing. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, a lot of those smaller colleges, you know, uh, so two uh, bigger ones are going to be Augustana College, um, at least in the immediate Quad Cities or Augustana College, uh, which is where I went to school, and then St. Ambrose University on the Iowa side of the Mississippi. And, you know, around those areas, you know, they're also being revitalized, you know, with a lot of new developments and a lot of, you know, college tenants as well, which is always a strong demographic with, you know, having a lot of their uh, rents guaranteed by the parents and, you know, just their, their reputation with paying on time has been phenomenal. So it just, you know, adds to kind of the stability of the investment. 
Another thing I like to look at, because we see this in markets like Jacksonville and Memphis, where they are, you know, logistical hubs, I guess Quad Cities is a what they refer to as a strong multimodal logistics infrastructure. So it connects firms to national and international markets. Why is that actually? I'm not clear on why that would be. Yeah, I'm not too sure. I know that, you know, with all the development, there's a lot of logistics companies as well that are bigger employers, you know, but I'm not too sure on the international side of it, you know, with the Quad Cities. That, that's interesting. Yeah, I guess you must have a lot of rail, a lot of rail transportation there because you guys are not, you know, you're not on the waterway. So I would imagine that there's a lot of rail and maybe air transportation that goes in and out. Yeah, I know like, you know, Boeing is a, a big employer as well in the Quad Cities, but we do have the Mississippi that kind of splits down the middle, which a lot of that can be involved sure. there as well. But the- well. One thing I was impressed with is that the city or the Quad Cities, I guess, was ranked 16th nationally for high-tech job growth, which was a little surprising to me. I never equated high-tech job growth to the Quad Cities. I mean, it's not just something you hear day in, day out. Yeah, definitely in the downtown areas, especially in Davenport, there's been a lot of, you know, the tech companies, you know, definitely growing with along with the development in, in the north side of Davenport as well. There's these consulting firms, accounting firms with the tech population growing as well there. I would say that's definitely more on the Iowa side in Davenport rather than the more industrial side being the Illinois side. And what about defense? My understanding is that you guys have a top five defense community, which I wasn't even aware of, top 50 military community was another, you know, notable that I read. What's the defense scene there? Definitely. And it's, you know, there's National Guard and the Rock Island Arsenal is one of the major employers. I believe it's a, you know, top three employer or a top five employer. You know, they're the largest weapons manufacturing arsenal in the, in the country. And I'm not sure exactly, you know, thousands and thousands of, of, employee, of employees there. You know, the arsenal employees and I, you know, several of our tenants are Rock Island Arsenal employees as well. So that in the, the defense community, that would probably encompass the majority of that. So the Quad Cities, if you summarize it, it's basically an ideal place for advanced manufacturing, for logistics, because of manufacturers out there for food packaging and processing, obviously defense and professional and technical services. Is that a pretty good summary of that market? Yeah, that's a great summary there. All right. So let's talk about inventory. This seems to be kind of a burning issue I have with a lot of markets right now where inventory comes and goes. It's on the lower side, historically speaking, and it's frustrating when we can't get enough of it. In terms of investment properties or rental properties, what is the inventory level like there? Is there a good supply or is that something that is still tricky? You know what? It's tricky for a lot of the investors there. For our company, we, like I mentioned uh, before, we're one of the larger operators, and we kind of, you know, we get in a lot of those, uh, a lot of those deals, and are able to capitalize on a lot of that. And having an in-house management company, you know, we provide one of the best rental products in the area in terms of, you know, renovations and you know, holding our company to a high standards and really providing a great product to the market, which there's a high demand within the working class with those people that you know we provide one of the best products for them in terms of you know updated finishes you know having you know a couple of bathrooms in the property rather than just one or you know just even the basic cosmetic stuff that a lot of other small investors just don't really do we can you know provide one of the better products so our properties for example um, they go really quick whenever we have something finished with rehab so Definitely, from an inventory standpoint, we can capitalize uh, as one of the biggest operators and take advantage of, you know, we get a lot of referrals, things like that, where there's constant inventory that we're yeah. finding 
others can't. Well, you mentioned bathrooms and a couple other things. So let's just talk about that. Describe for us a typical rental property that you guys produce. Would our investors be looking at in terms of that property and describe its characteristics? And and then we can even talk about markets, well, more specifically the neighborhoods, not so much the markets. So, you know, a typical rental, you know, we have a lot of, you know, high demand for the two beds, two bed, one bath properties. And those will rent uh, anywhere from seven to $950 a month. And those are typically, you know, close to you know, between 800 and 1200 square feet. Then on a, you know, a three bed, two bath property, we're looking at, you know, 12 to 1500 square feet. And uh, those properties are, you know, renting from 850 up to, you know, some of them up to 1250, 1300. So, and a typical, you know, on a three, two in a, you know, in a good strong rental area, I would say between, you know, 80 and 100,000, probably 85 to 100,000 in, in value. So the rent to price ratio, the RV ratio is, is pretty high. It's pretty attractive. Absolutely. Yeah. Definitely. Which is becoming harder and harder to find. So that gives you higher cap rates, higher cash on cash returns. So yeah, that's that's very attractive. I mean, it would definitely label the Quad Cities as a cash flow market, and especially if you don't have you know a average appreciation rates, at least not historically, and maybe so going forward. But if that's the case, then you're definitely what I would label as a cash flow market. Let's talk about the neighborhoods. Talk about the neighborhoods that that most of these rentals are found in. Yeah, so the majority of our rentals sit in Moline, East Moline and Davenport. I would say they have the, you know, the strongest rental areas for sure. And, you know, with staying in nice neighborhoods and not getting into, you know, the more risky investment in the in the class, lower C class and, and D class properties, we tend to stay away from one hundred percent. So the best rental areas I'd say are in, you know, certain areas of Rock Island. There's pockets definitely. You know, Augustana College is located in Rock Island. Illinois, and we own several properties that belong to the Augustana students, as well as St. Ambrose University on the Iowa side. But there's definitely uh, strong returns uh, in Moline, Illinois, and East Moline, Illinois, as well as Davenport. You just, you know, you have strong pockets really in any town. So we tend to stay away from the class D and lower C class properties and really stick with, you know, with the B and maybe C plus, but, you know, our product is strong and, you know, consistently high returns and in the better areas of the Quad Cities. Let me just go back for a moment. You mentioned that two bedroom, one bath is pretty typical of what you guys find. Does that have to do with the age that the properties were built in? You know, meaning that it was probably in the 50s, the 60s, around pre and post World War II, or is that just what is considered neighborhood normal for a lot of the neighborhoods in the Quad Cities? Yeah, it's, and it's pretty standard. I'd say, you know, even the, you know, the two beds are actually very, very common and actually they're, you know, our most demanded rentals. I'm not too sure why that is. I think mostly, you know, our tenant base consists of young professionals and, you know, maybe, you know, single construction workers or, you know, people, you know, working class people. And then there's definitely, you know, smaller families that would, you know, like three bedrooms and up. We have a few four bedroom properties as well, but I'm not sure if it's because of the age. A lot of our properties were built, you know, in the, the mid 1900s as well. And so that could be a factor. I'm not too sure. I just know right. uh, for sure that the two bedroom baths are definitely the highest uh, demanded properties we have. Yeah. And I don't find that to be uncommon, you know, finding two bedroom properties, especially properties that were built in the 50s, 60s, and even in the 70s, that tends to be 
often pretty common or, or what I refer to as neighborhood normal for many neighborhoods. You know, as time went on, we went to the three and four bedroom type home. And it's not that one is better than the other. It, it really is, you know, market specific, neighborhood specific. And that's what I refer to as being neighborhood normal. So it doesn't mean that it's any less desirable if that's what is expected by the rental pool there. So Speaking of rental pool, let's talk about the rental market. What is the rental market there like in terms of the size of that rental pool and the demand and how long does it take to lease up, you know, a property that's in good, clean condition? Yeah, definitely. So like I mentioned, we provide some of the best product. We generally go in and do a brand new renovation on any kind of property that we get. You know, we typically buy just properties. We can go in and, you know, do a pretty extensive renovation. We had like basically rehab the kitchens and baths, new flooring throughout, new paint, update the roof, make sure, you know, all the mechanicals and everything, all the majors are taken care of, you know, to a pretty high standard. So our properties, it's very very rare if they're not leased up in two weeks. So our stuff does not sit on the market. And there's also a really high demand, like there's, there's just a really high demand for a good rental product in, in the Quad Cities right now. So there's a lot of smaller operators that don't really take good care of the properties that they have. So, you know, there's not too big of a supply of the more, I would call it, you know, like a luxury product for these working class folks. And, and we provide just that. So there's always a strong demand for our properties. Right. And we really can't conclude a conversation about investment properties or a market without talking about property management. So give us an overview of the property management side of things, the services provided there, what it may not be included in terms of, you know, the management services. That to me is a very, very important part. And I'm always focused on that. Sure. So from a property management standpoint, you know, we're pretty advanced in, in how we operate. We have the Appfolio system. So all of the investors would have access to their investor portal and see in real time how the property is performing, you know, get updates, you know, they can see any any maintenance request if there's any which there's usually just from how we do our rehabs, there's very low maintenance requests. But you know, our property management team is very, very well versed on the neighborhoods. Very good at uh, dealing with the tenants and keeping them happy and making sure they're you know provided with some of the best product in the market. And you know, from a reporting standpoint, like I said, the Appfolio system we use you know every day. So that's the tenants go in, pay their rents online. Everything's you know handled in real time, and it, it just works out for everybody the best that way. In my opinion and our opinion. So we have a, also generally when we do when we do our rehabs, we have a project manager, you know, manage that job, then they turn it over, walk through with the property manager, property management team, and then, you know, kind of from there, you know, we lease it up and, you know, everything's good to go generally. We don't have, you know, tenants complaining about our properties, about, you know, the conditions. You know, I just really want to stress that the level of product we provide is pretty unparalleled in the Quad Cities. So property management definitely does a great job in helping make that happen. As far as the ratio of single family homes to duplexes and fourplexes, I know that we're finding that essentially 95% of everything we're seeing in all our markets, and I think it's about 18, are single family homes. Is that the case there too? I know we haven't, we're just starting to onboard, you know, you and your properties right now. So by the time this episode goes live, the properties, your properties may not actually be posted on our site just yet, but it's it's in the works. What's the ratio of single family homes to duplexes to fourplexes? 
I'd say about 80% single family. We do, and we are seeing, you know, the two to four unit properties a lot. And we like those that, you know, they're just kind of few and far between, but they definitely, the returns work out a lot better for those clearly. So, you know, and less, less vacancy risk there as well. So yeah, I mean, I would say probably 80% single family, two to four unit, 20%. Right on. Great. Well, Chris, is there anything else that you'd like to share with our listeners before we wrap up about Quad Cities and the opportunities there? No, I would just say, you know, not too many people hear of it, but it really is a growing area. Really excited about being a long-term player in the market. And it's just, you know, the cash flow and, you know, the uh, performance of our properties has been really great. So I'm really excited to keep growing a business there and growing our management company and just becoming, you know, a very, very strong operator in the market. And, you know, hopefully I can share those opportunities with other people as well. Yeah, definitely. Well, we will definitely be doing that together. So on that note, if anybody's interested in more information about the Quad Cities, the opportunities there, keep an eye on our website, which is you know being upgraded, but we have a lot of inventory there right now. But the biggest thing is really just to contact your investment counselor. And if you don't have an investment counselor here at the moment, just reach out, fill out the contact form or give us a call and we'll certainly put you in touch with someone to give you a hand and guide you through you know the market and what you need to do to build your portfolio. So Chris, I appreciate the time today. We look forward to working with you for many years to come. And thank you so much for your time. My pleasure, Marco. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, it's Buck Joffrey from Wealth Formula Podcast. I know you love real estate investing. I do too. It's the best place to invest your hard-earned money. But what if you could invest the same money in two different places at the same time? That would be even better, right? After all, who wouldn't want to double dip their investment dollars? Well, that's exactly what Wealth Formula Banking allows you to do. It's a strategy used by the wealthiest families in the world, the Rothschilds, the Romneys, and you can use it too. Turbocharge your real estate investing. Go to wealthformulabanking.com. Again, that's wealthformulabanking.com. Nothing on this show should be considered specific personal or professional advice. Please consult an appropriate legal, tax, real estate, or business professional for individualized advice. For distribution or publication rights in media interviews, please contact the host.